Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. How many people remember in school show and tell? Anybody? A few people hands? All right, see, this is funny. I ask about spiritual stuff. Like Pastor Carlos said, how many people love prayer? There was less hands up compared to show and tell. <laughs> I understand. You're getting warmed up. It's all good. But how, you remember show and tell. What was one of your favorite items that you took to show and tell? Stuffed animal. Which one? Little dog. His name was Douglas. Was it like your favorite? You cuddle with him? You still have him? See, that's the good story. He's right there. I still have him. Still sleep and cuddle with him? No? You're lying. <laughs> Sticker collection? Very cool. Who else? Come on. Wonder Woman doll? Very cool. Sorry, I heard whoopee cushion over here. Very distracted. Who said whoopee cushion? Jake. Of course it was Jake. Uh, uh, I got to keep my thoughts. Okay, I got to stay on track. Stay on track. I had a cow that was 21 You brought a cow into... Okay, sorry. And it, um, whoopee cushion was gone. Cow was it. There you go. And did you take him to show and tell? There you go. And I still sleep with him tonight. There you go. Just like Sandy and Douglas. Yeah. Paul, last one. Sorry, last one. Took a school bus. How did that fit in the classroom? It's like magic school bus. Shrink it down, bring it in. I'm still really intrigued about the whoopee cushion. Um, Easily distracted, sorry. But we all know that show and tell is fun. And how many people know you can tell people about something, but it's really hard for them to grasp it. But the moment you show them, you get it. Right? Anybody following me on this? I can tell you about something, but the moment I show you, it's so different. And I heard somebody say one time, all of the ways we describe things to other people are filtered through past experiences. So if you went to tell somebody what going on a roller coaster was like, you would explain it through past experiences. So if the person was never on a roller coaster before and you're like, oh, what's it like? You may talk about being on a motorcycle. You may talk about being on a boat. You may talk about being in a convertible where the wind's blowing through your hair and you're having fun or lack thereof hair and more just your cheeks are flying back. And, <laughs> right? Like you have no idea. So you're trying to explain this to people. But I want to read to you where Paul, when, he became, when Saul became Paul and he started to share the gospel, he went through this experience of telling people but then realizing it wasn't working. And so I want to read to you this morning. We're going to read the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 2. Um, you know what? Time-wise, you guys can read the whole chapter at home. Sound good? Yeah. All right. But I want to hit a few verses. 
The ones I want to read to you is verse 3. And uh, follow me at verse 3. It says this. Sorry, Ruthann, if you can find it. It's probably about the third, second slide. And I was with you in the weakness and in fear with much trembling. My conversation and preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith would not be based on human wisdom, but on the power of God. And then he moves down farther, and it says, um, verse 9, it says, But just as it was written, things that no eye has seen, or nor ear, or ear heard, or mind imagined, are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the things of men, knows the things of men except the man's spirit within him? Um, I'm going to read the rest, I think. So too, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things that are freely given to us by God. And we speak about the things not with words taught to us by human wisdom, but taught to us by the spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. You have to realize it's hard for non-believers to understand spiritual things. It's hard for us to understand, even some of us, to understand spiritual things. This morning, if somebody was talking to you, if, if they asked you what's different about a Pentecostal church and they started talking about spiritual gifts, and especially tongues and interpretation, you would be like, what are you talking about? But then you hear it this morning and you hear the, tr- the interpretation and you get a little bit more of a glimpse of like, okay, I didn't understand what he was saying, but then when the interpretation came, I understood it just kind of connected with my heart. I don't know what was happening in the room. It kind of made me feel weird, but there was this warmth inside of me or there was this feeling of peace or you might not even understand it. Maybe you walk into the room and sometimes during worship, you start to cry and you're not trying to figure out why am I crying? I don't understand. And it's just the presence of God. And there's some moments in our lives where just trying to explain what God can do doesn't work, but showing his power. You can't argue with that. You can't debate when God touches and moves in a powerful way. So have you ever had a rough time in your life that makes you think about how you should be doing something? You try to do something one way and it's just a challenge and all of a sudden you're like, maybe I can go at this a different way. I remember when Melissa and I first moved here and we were doing some renovations up in the kids' wing and we were trying to mount, if you've ever been up in the pods room, you'll see the projector shoots on this big wooden, it looks like a, it was supposed to look like a floor model TV, but because it's made out of wood, we had to screw it to the walls, and most church buildings are wonderful, and they built them out of brick, so if you've ever tried to drill into a brick wall, it sucks. And so I drilled in, and I put one screw in, and by the time I got one hole drilled, you can act Mark DeVries. My arm was tired, and I'm like, forget this. I dropped the drill, and I walked across to Home Hardware, and I bought myself a new hammer drill. Um, and all of a sudden, we came back. We hooked it up, told Melissa later that I bought myself a present. But the next hole just drilled straight in, no problem, so quick. And there's moments in our lives that we have to reevaluate what we're doing and how we're doing it. So maybe is there a chance that in your life, Right now, you're trying to share the gospel with somebody. You're trying to share the gospel with a neighbor. You're maybe even having a Bible study with the neighbor. And these are all good things. 
But your neighbor doesn't need the information. They need to understand the power of God. And see, I don't know about you, but I have friends that can debate with me about theology. They can debate with me about creation. And with anything, you can Google anything you want now. And just because it's there, people believe it. But when you Google something and find it, some people think they're an expert in it. And so they'll argue with you about the Bible and Jesus. But how many people know that when God touches somebody and heals them, you can't debate that? And so... Paul, he comes to this understanding and realizes, oh, what I'm doing isn't really working. See, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, I was I, in high school, I started playing rugby, and we started all these practices, and you, I don't know how many practices we had before the games actually started, but you practice different stages of the game, and you practice just a line out, which was when it's out of bounds and getting thrown back in. If you don't understand rugby and you watch it on TV, all the stuff I'm going to say just going to make you go, yes, it's a confusing game. But there's also called a ruck, and that's when somebody gets tackled, but you just kind of walk over top of them. And then there's also a mall where, like, you just kind of, everybody bear hugs everybody and tries to rip the ball out. Um, if you've played, you understand that it's not like that, but for everybody watching that doesn't understand, that's what it looks like. And so all of these things are happening, and you're practicing them, and you're like, this makes no sense. And I remember going to the first, our first kickoff of our first game, there was myself and another friend. We grew up going to public school together. Him and I both started the game. We were both playing flankers in the front pack, and we both stood there, and they're about to kick off the ball. And I remember standing like this, looking down the field, going to try to go hit somebody, which is just fun in general. But I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I looked right at him. I said, do you have any idea what we're supposed to do? <laughs> and he goes, no, just hit somebody that has the ball with the other color jersey on. And I'm like, that's what I understand as well. But the moment the ball kicked off and the moment we started playing the game and somebody got tackled and they dropped to the ground and all of a sudden a ruck formed, it kind of clicked in your head. This is what's happening. Somebody didn't fall to the ground in a tackle and a mall happened. You're like, and all of a sudden it just started clicking because you were in it. And sometimes people just need to understand that to walk with God, sometimes it's a step of faith. Like, Chad, how do I pray for somebody for healing? Just, just pray. Well, no, but like, when you pray, you do it this way. It's just doesn't mean I do it right. I just pray. Yeah, but how do you know when it's the right time to share Jesus with somebody? Do you feel like you should share Jesus? Yeah, it's probably the right time. But what if I'm scared? You should be scared. What do you mean? I still get scared. I don't, think when, I don't think when you talk to somebody else about Jesus, when you're trying to teach them something, I always believe there should be a little bit of nervousness happening. And you want to know why? Every Sunday when I get up here, I can tell you, I'm sweating, I'm nervous, there's multiple thoughts going on in my head. You might think I'm schizophrenic, there's different things going on. But it's because I don't feel like the words I'm speaking are mine. I want them to be the Holy Spirit, and so I'm always that tension of making sure that what comes out of my mouth is exactly what Jesus wants me to say. And that doesn't go away. It should never go away. And so if you're waiting for that right moment, if you feel it in your heart, it's probably the right moment. It's probably the time to do it. See, Paul, if you're thinking the knowledge, what if I need, I need more knowledge, I need to be better at this. Paul, he actually talks about when he first started teaching that he had it wrong. And I want to read to you, if you don't understand who Paul is, Paul was brilliant. Paul was one of like 
if you want to think religious leaders, he was at the top of it before, sorry, Saul, before he came Paul. This is what Paul writes about himself in Philippians 3, 3 to 8. He says this, For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, exalt it in Christ Jesus, and do not rely on human credentials, though mine too are significant. If someone thinks he has good reason to put confidence in human credentials, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day from the people of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, lived according to the law as a Pharisee. In my zeal for God, I persecuted the church according to the righteousness stipulated in the law. I was blameless. But these assets I have come to regard as liabilities because of Christ. Understand this. Because of all his knowledge, he's like, actually, it's a liability now. The knowledge that I have actually is a hindrance. Because of Christ, more than that, I know, I know, sorry, I now regard all things as liabilities compared to the far greater value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things indeed. I regard them as dung that I may gain Christ. So I have a friend of mine who's just been, he's in his early 60s, and we've just been meeting and, and mentoring and and he's got his uh, master's, he's about to work on his doctorate, and he told me that a few years ago, he just was going through this dry season, and he had a counter with God, and he said, Chad, I will take all of my degrees and chuck them out because of this encounter. Now, don't get me wrong, he still believes in education, he still believes in learning, that's why he's going to go work on his doctorate, but he was telling me with all of it, he's like Paul, who says, I regard them as dung." case you're not sure, dung translates, and I'm using the nice term, to animal feces, manure. Have you ever thought, you ever talked to somebody, and like, I'm not picking on people in the room, but like, let's say you had a very high theological degree, which I'll tell you, I don't, but if I did, can you imagine if like, realizing, first off, all the students in the room, Go to school, get an education. It is important, all right? It's important. But Paul realized at the end of it all, compared to his relationship with Jesus Christ, he would take it and spread it out on a field. Now, students, it is important to go to school and get you an education. Parents, a 4.0 is not going to get them into heaven. There's a balance on both sides of this. Students, be responsible, do your work, get a good education so you can help because truthfully the church needs people that get paid well so we can do greater things for Jesus. Amen? <laughs> but it's not just about money. You realize that you can have the highest education in the world and still be wrong. And still be wrong. You'll miss it. So parents, as much as you get them to do their homework, Get them to do their devotions. Get them to ask them questions. Here's the one question we don't ask each other enough. And parents, if we ask it of our students, we probably do it in more of a questioning way than an encouragement way. But even just across the board, here is friends and family across this room. When was the last time somebody asked you about your devotional life? When was the last time somebody checked up on you as an adult? Hey, how's your devotional life? 
We put so many things in our busy schedules. Our schedules are crazy full. Our calendars are full. But do we put God in? See, Paul, he arrives in Corinth and he writes this to them. But if you look in Acts 18, you'll see how he was traveling and all the stuff that was happening in his life as he writes them, as he writes back to remind them of when he came to them. And when he came to them, he explains, I didn't come there with wisdom and knowledge. I came with the power of God. Because what you have to understand is he just came from Athens. He just came from Philippi. And these times when he was in those places, the knowledge that he was trying to present, he was trying to create this wisdom and give this wisdom to people. But he was also in places where people were crazy smart. And it didn't work out. And uh, Leon Morris in his commentary, he says this, when Paul first reached Corinth, he had experienced a great deal of discouragement. At Philippi, he had, he had had a promising beginning smashed by the opposition of fanatical Jews. The same thing had happened in Thessalonia and that place. In Athens, he had a little success. Some small wonder that he came to busy, proud, intellectual Corinth in a weakness and fear and with much trembling. He came knowing He was doing it wrong. He was trying to come at these people with the knowledge that he had. And what he realized was the knowledge that he had was the same knowledge that had him persecuting and killing Jews. Killing Christians. This is what he had. And all of a sudden he realized, I'm doing it wrong. I need to approach it from a power of God. And that's what he went in with and showed the power of God. And how many people know that Jesus did so many miracles that drew tons of people to him, a crowd to him. So when it came to him, he was able to then share the gospel and to preach the word to them, to share why he was there. So do you realize that once you share the gospel, once you show the power of God, you get people's attention? How many people know that when all of a sudden somebody's miraculously touched and healed and you have a relationship with that person, you're willing to listen? right? So if all of a sudden your neighbor is struggling with an illness, I'm not just talking about, I'm not just talking about healing. Maybe all of a sudden you walk up to them, you're talking to them, and as they're sharing something with them, you just nicely just be like, hey, this might be weird, but is something like this happening in your life? And God is speaking to you, uh, giving you a prophetic word just to talk to them. And then you pray with them and see stuff shift in their lives. Do you know that when those things happen, they open up immediately so you can share with them because they're listening because they know something else is speaking to you and through you. 2 Timothy 2, it says this. um, Verse 23, it says, Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels and the Lord's servants must not be quarrelsome but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful, Read there that we must be kind to everyone. Everyone. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter what's happening in their life. It doesn't matter what beliefs they have compared to ours. We are supposed to be kind to everyone. And when we speak through this, it will challenge them and it will just show love to them. It will open up their heart to you. And then in 2 Timothy Chapter 3, it says, verse 1, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. See if this sounds familiar. 
People will, become, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abrasive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. It's interesting, when it rhymes off all the other stuff, you understand, and you're like, oh yeah, maybe we shouldn't involve ourselves with those people. But this here says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Denying its power. Do you still believe that God heals? Do you still believe that God will change a situation in a moment? Are we praying for it? Do we truly stand by it and stand with it and believe in the power of God? See, a few weeks ago, it was in early December again, I was preaching, and you know, for me, I don't understand why, but when it comes to praying for healing, um, I have no problem doing it. I, my faith level in healing to me, I just, I'll pray for anything, anytime, because I realize it has nothing to do with me, so I can't take credit for it, and therefore, I also can't take blame for it if it doesn't happen. It's all up to God. And so that's kind of a comfort zone for me. Now, God will stretch us and move us in all different times. Amen? If you're truly letting him lead you, he will shift things. It's not always done in the same pattern. And so just before Christmas, I was sitting in the front row, and I'll be honest, I felt a little bit of pain in my back, and I was like, oh, I feel like maybe I'm supposed to pray for uh, healing. And so if you're new to this and know to understand, for me, God will just give me a little bit of pain, and I'll feel it in my body, and that's what I pray for. Um, and it might seem weird to you, and it is, but... Um, I just came up and I started praying. The pain kind of went away. So I was like, oh, maybe it was just me. And I started just preaching. And all of a sudden, in the middle of my message, the pain came back and just tightened up. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to pray for this. But it's in the middle of my message. I've never done this before. This is weird. This is really going to throw people off. And all of a sudden, in the middle of my message, it just kept, you know, like, I don't know why, but if I'm not obedient, sometimes he just tightens the grip. <laughs> so there's sometimes I pray for healing, and it's just so it lets go of me, and you can, like, hopefully you get healed. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, let me go. But there's moments, and so in the middle of my message, I don't know if you remember this, I stopped. And it was the worst, if you talk transition and flow of a service, it was like dropping the transmission on the highway. And like I just stopped, I asked for if anybody needed prayer, a couple people raised their hand, I prayed, and then because of in the middle of it, I hadn't done it that way, I didn't follow up with anybody if you felt anything different. I literally was like, amen, let's go back to the message, and started preaching. The following week, and I don't think is, the person I'm talking about, are you in the room? No, okay. Um, maybe we'll be at the second service. He stops me at the door, and he said, he goes, I just wanted you to know, last week or two weeks, I forget the timeline, but he's like, I came to church, I woke up with such bad back pain, and I came to church just needing prayer, but due to time of the service, he needed to leave. It was probably, I was preaching too long, and he just, but he had to bail out, and so he was literally getting up to walk out, and all he wanted, he came just to get to the front at the end of the service to have some of our prayer team pray with him, because he just needed the pain to go away. And in the middle of the message, I stop not knowing that he's leaving. And we pray. And he said instantly his back was fine. And it's still fine today. I tell you that story just to let you know God still heals. And he will stretch you all the time. And even when it seems weird, it's right in the middle of something. It doesn't mean it's not God. 
and he wants to stretch us and change us. So the idea for you this morning, I just want to ask you, will you seek him over knowledge? Will you desire his presence over knowledge of who he is? Now understand, they go together. Don't get me wrong. I understand they go together. But are you willing to begin to ask him, Lord, use me? Holy Spirit, begin to stretch me. I want the gifts in my life. I want to be used by you. And maybe what it is, is that person that you're trying to save actually just needs to see the power of God. This goes back to the olden days, guys, where you can talk about how fast your car is, but until you put it to the line, no one's going to believe you. I'm not promoting that. All right, But I'm just saying, you understand what I'm talking about. Sometimes when God is standing with you and you know that somebody needs prayer, just pray for them. Just pray for them and reveal God's power to them. This year, I'm just asking you, try something different. If you've been trying to get into somebody's life and pour into their lives and, and minister into their lives, go about it differently. Try it differently. We have Holy Spirit next weekend. Are you coming? It was a very minor minority there. I really hope some of you just didn't answer but are coming. Um, but I want to encourage you, if you're coming, don't come for another service. Come for an encounter with God. Come with the expectation that God is actually going to do something in your life. Well, Chad, we've had these before. Man, I've been going to camp meetings, I've been going to tent meetings, I've been going to Holy Spirit services my whole life, and I still haven't received what I'm praying for. What if it's this time? What if it's this time? Now, if you've been praying for it, let me encourage you. I'm just going to challenge you a little bit. Why not try something different? And so Pastor Carlo talked about it a little bit, but every day this week, Monday to Thursday, 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 a.m., there's prayer here in the sanctuary. Come. Well, I can't. I, you know, I might be the only make it for 15 minutes. Perfect. Come. Well, what's 15 minutes worth? It's something different. Try it. Well, I only come for 30 minutes. That's better than 15. Not that 15 is bad. You make it 15, come. But then all of a sudden, Thursday night at 6.30, come. Come. Yeah, but I got kids. That's perfect. We have a kids program. Take them to the kids program. Come on in here and pray. See, it just took every excuse away. Come in and pray. Pray, not just for yourself. Pray for the church. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for the leadership that's, that's coming. Pray for the weekend. Friday morning at 8 a.m. See, you might be looking at this and going, Chad, 6.30 is just way too early. Got you on Friday. Come at 8. Come at 8 a.m. and pray. What if you tried something different? What if you prayed and fasted this week? What if you took some time just to pray and fast? See, Jensen Franklin, he says this, fasting is not that we can get more of God, it's so God can get more of us. What if all of a sudden, this week, you just took some time to pray and fast? Well, Chad, health reasons, I can't fast any food and you don't, you don't understand. Then take some time away from media. Maybe it's your phone. Maybe some of you, it's the news. Just turn off the TV. Don't watch the news. You'll be way more joyful throughout the whole week. But like, just spend some more time with God. I think you understand my heart. Try something different. And here's the last one, because I believe this, and this was the first verse that I ever memorized as a kid. Matthew 6, says, But seek first the kingdom of God and, all his righteousness, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you seek him first, 
if you spend time with him and he's your number one, all the other things that you're worried about will just be added onto you. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for your power and your strength and your anointing. And Lord, I pray that this morning, as you've spoken through so many people, as we've heard your encouragement, we've had you speak directly to us, that you stir up in us, Father God, greater things, that you stir up in us this desire for greater things, that Lord God, we even look at how we've been trying to share your gospel with other people, we've been trying to even live our own lives, that Lord God, we begin to realize there's more, and that maybe, Father God, you want to begin to stretch us in what the Spirit can do through us in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that we trust you over our knowledge, that we trust you over our physical strength, that we trust you, Lord God. And, Father, through it all, we rejoice in our weaknesses. That, Father, when we are weak, we know you are strong. And so, Father, we rejoice in those moments. And so, Lord, this week, stretch us. Help us to even just something simple, just to come and pray. Yeah, we can pray at home, I get that, but come and pray with others and have them intercede with us for a powerful move of God that's just gonna kick off this year that we can walk in a new anointing, a new strengthening with you in the name of Jesus. Wasn't that a great word this morning? Amen. Amen. Uh, I just wanna invite you, if you want prayer, just come up right now. I I wanna give you one quick takeaway. We're gonna try and do this every service now. Just change it up, do something different. Experience over knowledge. Knowledge is important. You need to study the word of God. You need to be in a small group. You need to come on Sunday and receive a message. But my prayer for you this morning is that you would have a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit on January 19th to 20th at Holy Spirit weekend. All right? So why don't we pray? Why don't we pray one more time? Lord, we thank you that you are a God that is near, that is close, that is speaking to us, that loves us, and is in our everyday life, moving and acting and doing. And God, we just ask, Holy Spirit, we want a new, fresh encounter with you. We want an experience with you. God, I pray that we would continue to grow in knowledge, Father, but Lord, that we would have an experience that knowledge just can't explain, because you are bigger than that. You are bigger than our thoughts. You're bigger than our opinions. God, you're bigger than our papers. You're bigger than anything we could ever try and dot jot down about you. So God, I ask that we'd have a fresh experience with you. Would you prepare our hearts this week as we look forward to Holy Spirit weekend? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast that's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 